Roadrunners, welcome back to Chasing Gold, Black Canyon Edition. Back in the desert, we are chatting with some of the front runners coming to, down here, trying to get themselves one of those two golden tickets into the Western States Endurance Run. Today on the show, we have Keely Henninger, who runs with Ultra and Goo Energy Labs. She has won some big events. She is a winner of the Gorge Waterfalls 50K, Sonoma 50-miler, two-time champ there. She is the 50-mile national champion on the road. She's won the Black Canyon 60K. She's got a fourth at CCC, a ninth at States. Keely, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Scotty. Absolutely. Keely, the first thing I noticed doing a little bit of research on you, you've been racing since 2013, I believe, and you are only 30 years old. Is that correct? Yeah, I have a lot of ultra running years in my under my belt for being uh, not that old. <laughs> that is awesome. And it looks like you've had almost immediate success in your first year or so, placing third at JFK back in 2014. What uh, what do you think was the reason for that success? Were you running collegiately? Um, you know, I think the reason for the success was just my aptitude for the sport and my excitement around the sport. I had not ran collegiately, and I also hadn't ran in high school. Um, I just kind of found running after um, a shoulder injury back-to-back -back years kind of took my basketball career out of the question hmm. and started running in college but didn't run for Penn State and uh, just found some really cool runners there who got me into trails ultimately and then uh, as I was kind of at this you know crossroads of my life deciding what to do after my undergraduate degree I started trail running and that kind of led me to pursue trail running after having some early success but I'd say I contributed more to my overall naivety and um, <laughs> stoke for the sport because like I definitely didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> That is so cool. Um, obviously, you've came a, a long way winning some very big events. I know you run with uh, the team with Ultra, but you also recently you have became a founding member of Trail Society. Before we dive into your training for Black Canyon, give us a quick, uh, quick rundown of what, what's going on over at Trail Society and where can people find it? Sure. Trail Society is a podcast you can find on any of your podcast platforms. And uh, I am a co-host with Hillary Allen and Corinne Malcolm, two other ladies in the sport. And our goal there is just to, you know, have open discussions around topics that typically aren't talked about in the sport, specifically around female athletes and female training and all the nuances of um, female bodied athletes. And yeah, we want it to be kind of a safe space for people to learn about things that are normally not talked in the sport to hopefully, you know, start changing the narrative in the sport so that people can train in a better way and, and be healthier. That is awesome. We definitely have a long way to go in that side of the sport, getting more mm -hmm. females involved uh, in media and everything. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being a great ambassador for our sport. And now let's dive into the nitty gritty. You are coming to the desert chasing one of them golden tickets. Keely, talk to us about your training. What what does the training look like, uh, say, the last six weeks, eight weeks? How's everything going? How many days do you generally run? What kind of workouts? All that kind of stuff. Sure, yeah. I mean, so the past eight weeks have been a lot of ups and downs, I would say, in terms of, you know, in those eight weeks, I've had a couple different builds. Um, most notably would be probably the first build that kind of peaked about six or eight weeks ago, 
where I ended that build with a run across Joshua Tree. So it was also a desert um, and it's also net downhill. So the hopes with that run was to kind of get some some of the similar terrain on the legs um, that mimics that first 60K pretty well um, and also run in the desert. And so that was really fun. And that was a really good, you know, solidifying run to end that first training block and feel like I was in a really good place fitness wise. And then since then, it's just been, you know, kind of grinding away, doing a lot more volume and just getting my legs used to the back-to-back runs and getting my legs used to the downhill and getting some turnover. So, you know, my weeks after that, I took a week down. I got super sick, actually. I think there was, you know, a lot going on around the holidays. And so it was a forced off week, which was fine. Um, And then kind of built back towards 95 to 100 mile weeks for about three, four weeks um, with, you know, good amount of workouts where we're focusing on a lot more tempo effort just because um, the, the build previously, I'd done a lot of high intensity stuff. So this one was a lot more about the tempo effort on uphills and then really pushing it on the downhills after those tempo efforts. So it was a lot of really long sustained workouts that had me cursing my coach in my head because <laughs> they were so hard and so long. Um, and, and yeah, just, just building up the, the overall volume and the overall climbing so that the climbs on the course don't feel like much, um, based off what I've been running. And so, yeah, that's kind of been my last five, five weeks ago. That was like my four week bump. And then, you know, as of a week ago, I've been kind of on the taper train. So it's been, I've had a lot less running and a lot more free time, which is, is a blessing and a curse, I think, especially that first week of taper where your body's so used to running a lot. And it's kind of screams at you wondering why you're not doing as much anymore. But at this point, I feel lovely with the free time and feel confident in my fitness and excited to get to the desert. Wow. Sounds like a blueprint for success, ticking off all the boxes that you need to to get yourself physically prepared for this one. And like I said, you have ran, you've won the Black Canyon 60K, so you have been on at least the early parts of the course. Have you ever been on the back side of the course? Yeah, last summer, or sorry, last spring, I was in Phoenix and Tucson for about two weeks with my friend Danielle, and we ran probably 15 or so of the miles of the last section of the course. So there's probably a good you know, 10 to 15 miles that I haven't seen, but I've seen the first 38 and the last 10 or 15. So, Perfect. so I've seen a lot of it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, and where, uh, where are you training out of? Where are you coming from? I'm coming from Portland, Oregon. So not a desert and not very warm, but sure. you know, there's a sauna nearby that I've been using. Um, and Portland, unlike a lot of other towns in the winter, doesn't really get snow. So I'm able to run, you know, every day of the week, it just might be raining or, or muddy but for the most part it's a really good training ground to train in for early winter or early spring races because I don't have to take an off season um, I can run pretty much all through the winter it's just more of like a mental test to keep going because it's it's sometimes just miserable out and you have to go run in complete deluge but overall it's okay sure um, and looking at your at your training your success over the long term, Maybe you have a tip or two for some of our listeners. Like I said, you've been in the sport for almost a decade and you've been at the top of our sport for a decade. What is the secrets here? What are you doing? Anything? Like you said, you can run year round. So that seems like it can be a little pressure to race year round. What are you doing to keep yourself so fit and so healthy for such a long period? Yeah. I mean, first of all, thanks for the compliment. Uh, I'd say, you know, for the first 
four or five years of my career, I definitely wasn't training correctly. So I wouldn't give any advice from that, that part of my career. But I will say that after 2018, I had a pretty big injury that had me reevaluate a lot of my training. So I think before that big injury and big reevaluation, I was definitely training way too much given my current workload and stress load and all of that. And my body was just never recovering. Um, But I'd say, you know, since that point, I've learned to really like listen to the body and just not push to a point of overall fatigue all the time and acknowledge that, you know, sometimes quality is way better than quantity. And if you have a lot of other stressors in your life, that those count too. And your stress bucket can only get filled so high before it starts to overflow. And so whether that's training stress or work stress or life stress, they all fill into the same bucket. And so, you know, being really mindful of that and, and acknowledging that sometimes that means backing off training um, is really important in longevity in the sport so that your body is functioning in a really normal and um, optimal way and that you're not going into the hole and, you know, overtraining and ending with injury and all of those kind of things. And so I'd like to say my journey has been super linear for those 10 years, but I would say it's like definitely been a lot of learning and I feel like I now have a better grasp on my training than I've ever had. Um, and so definitely excited to see what that means for this year. Sure. And to have all the ex- experience like you just went through, because I think we all go through that period of our career um, where you're trying to figure out some stuff, probably not doing what you should be doing. Um, but you are 30, so you have such a wealth of experience and so many more years ahead of you. This is exciting. The other piece I'm going to chime in for the listeners is on not emptying that bucket, right? So when you have that Wednesday workout, you got to know that there's a Saturday workout and then there's another Wednesday workout or however many workouts you're doing. So you don't want to just empty the bucket every workout. You always have to be thinking, all right, I have more work to do. Let's try to get the training adaptation with the minimum amount of stress put on the body. And I think a lot of younger athletes or even some older athletes don't recognize that. Every workout's a race. Every workout is comparing themselves with the reality is you're just trying to hang out for a certain amount of time at a certain intensity and and get that. So listeners, there's some tips for you. Yeah. And, and if you're running a really big volume week after running a couple weeks at really high volume, your workouts are not going to be your PRs. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) That's just, you know, that's just common sense, but obviously it's, it's easier said than done. A lot of people put the pressure on themselves to run really fast times during those huge build weeks as well. And sometimes that's just not in the cards. Yep. When fitness is high, fatigue is high. And when fatigue's high, the paces aren't quite as fast, but the fitness is there. And now you taper. That's why we taper. And now you're coming in, Kelly, with a huge amount of fitness, tapered, ready to go. Let me quickly go through some race day stuff with you. What are you doing on the start line or in your race day prep to make sure you are successful on race day. I know a lot of athletes break down the race into certain sections and they plan out, hey, this is what I have to do here or there. Other athletes go all by feel. I'm just going to react off the field. What is your strategy on race day when it comes to making sure you personally have the best day you can have? Yeah, I think that typically I try to control a lot of things. And so I have plans for every single aid station. I have plans for how many calories I want to eat before these aid stations with rough estimates of how long each aid station will take to get to the next one. And so I do really like having those plans. And I think the plans hold me very accountable for fueling and staying on top of all of that. 
Um, but I think for me going into this race, the biggest thing is just making sure my mind is right and that I run the race true to myself, because as you can imagine, or as you know, the race starts out so ungodly fast and mm-hmm. typically that ends in the demise of some athletes. And so, you know, keeping your mind right to acknowledge that maybe you're not leading the race, but that you're running the race true to yourself and that will pay dividends later is really important. And I think that it's even more important in this race because it starts off so fast. And so going out there with a really solid mind where you're confident in yourself, confident in your racing and just running what feels true to you, I think is going to be really important for this race. Um, Because like you said, I know the fitness is there. And so it's really just executing that to the best of your ability on race day and not letting all these other factors of of other racers and all these things kind of put in in that. Well said. Yeah, the race does go out fast. And I remember last year, I got a very good tip from my friend, Mr. Tyler Fox, who had raced before. He is also a golden ticket winner at Bandera. And we know the race comes out with about three miles of road type running. So it it is fast. And then we get onto some single track. And he told me, get to the position you want to race the first 20 miles in. And for me, I knew that was around 20th or 30th position last year because I was going to race in the end, and it all worked out very well for me. So big thank you to my friend Tyler Fox and a little bit of advice to everyone listening that might be running. Get to the gate in the position you want to race the first half in. Um, Cool. I love it. How about bottles? What's in the bottles? I'm assuming uh, it's probably Goo Energy Labs, but are you a traditional athlete? Are you getting... Are you using sports drink and gels or are you kind of doing sports drink real food or all all sports drink? How does that look? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, for this kind of a race that is a lot faster than, say, you know, Western States or something, I'll do primarily sports nutrition. And so that doesn't mean natural or real food for me. Um, I'll always have backups at the aid stations because you never know. But for me, typically for these kind of races, I do mostly gels. Um, I find it's really easy when you're kind of jamming at a pace to just swallow gels every couple 20 to 30 minutes really easily. Um, and then I think for this race, because it is a little hotter, I might move to liquid gels or just more liquid calories as it gets a little warmer. But again, I think I'll start with that gel plan and have those um, liquid calories as a backup in case the gels turn a little bit sour in the stomach. Um, for, for reference, like Western States, the first time I ran it, um, I had done the same nutrition plan I did for Lake Sonoma and other shorter races. And that required, and that was at the time chocolate gels that I had mm. liked training with in the cold. But, you know, at Western States by mile 10, I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no way I can eat these. Uh, oh, that's uh, so great. learned the hard way there and did not have the best race I could have had. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, having a solid plan with those gels and then the backup but liquid nutrition is is kind of my go-to. Awesome! Wow. Well, Black Canyon Golden Ticket hopefuls. I uh, I don't know. You're gonna have a tough one facing off with Keely. She's put in the work. She knows what she needs to do. Woo! She's ready. Keely, we are gonna hop into the ten question fast pace fart lick round. Are you ready? Sure. Guess I'll be <laughs> ready if I have to. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Question number one. What sneakers will you be wearing at the Black Canyon 100K? The Mont Blanc Ultra Boa. So it's the new integrated oh, yeah. boa system. 
they're they're quite good they they lock your foot down really solid and the the traction and the, the cushion in them is very nice very popular. that is an excellent sneaker all right how about first ultra marathon in what year uh the u.s 50 mile national championships in 2013 when i was a mere wow. 21 years old <laughs> a decade later still at the top of the sport that is range it's like steph curry range right here all right you get to select the song that we start the race to keely what is the walkout song gonna be oh gosh this is <laughs> probably the hardest question you could have asked me um can I pass? You can pass. We're allowing okay. one pass per, I'm per gonna interview. I'm going to pass, and then I'll probably have it at the end of the thing. But I would not I would hate to give you a song that's, like, not true, you know? Yep. Okay. All right. Black Canyon is notorious for either very, very hot years or very, very wet years. If you had to choose, would you prefer a very hot or very wet year? You know, I think my mind wants a really hot year, but my body probably prefers a wet year because it's always wet here. So <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think if it rains, you might have a little advantage. Okay, guilty pleasure. You're in the super supermarket every single week. What guilty pleasure seems to always find its way into your cart? Guilty pleasure. Oh, for sure, just ice cream. I don't discriminate of types of ice cream, but, you know, whatever's on sale or whatever looks intriguing. If this was Family Feud, number one answer, ice cream. Everybody. Everybody's going ice cream. All right. First word that comes to mind when I say Black Canyon 100K. Desert. Desert. Not very fun. All right. Yeah. We'll take it. Race day superstitions. Do you have any? And if so, what? Look good, feel good. Yes, love that one. <laughs> All right, question number eight. Are you going to be wearing shades or no shades? Probably shades after the start. Probably not right away. Sure. Question number nine. Do you have a secret weapon that you will use in the second half of the race? Yeah, I'll use my climbing legs because I get I love climbing and there's been a lot of climbing in Portland and the second half is all about the climbing. Heck yes. All right, putting you on the spot for question number 10. Keely, what place are you finishing the Black Canyon 100K? <laughs> oh, man, we'll just go big. We're going to say first. First. Love it. Might Keely, go thank you so much for coming on the show. We are going to be rooting for you, and we will see you at the Black Canyon 100K.